0: Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our Pastor Ashley Ellison. We believe God's word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the word with us. Today I, I wanna I wanna talk about Something I've been talking about over the last month, but you know, I could never end this series, really. Uh, We're talking about not limiting God in our life, and so I there's just, you can go from one topic to the next topic to the next topic, and you can know that I could just keep going on, and it could be the sermon topic for the rest of our lives here on earth. Uh, As we learn a truth about God and we apply it, we're taking the limits off of Him to let that work in our life. If... You learn a truth and you don't apply it, then you've limited him working in your life. I mean, it really is that simple. The first week we talked about how we think and how we believe can limit God. And if you're thinking wrong, you limit God. Those wanting healed but believe that God doesn't heal, you probably are not healed. See, there's there's a belief, there's a thinking that goes along. The second week we talked about this. We talked about his will for your life must be known. You can't just wonder... Uh, about and think that just wandering around, all of a sudden, one day you're going to fulfill his will. You've got to seek him out. And, And so we talked about that the second week. And if you weren't here, go back to part two on our podcast and listen to that. The third week, we talked about limiting God through fear. You know, over the last several years, fear has been a real big deal in our world. And I mean, you can't watch the news and go, oh, there's nothing to worry about. Whenever you turn the news on, it's trying to fill you up with, oh, no, concern. And what that does is it makes us, in a lot of ways, not depend on God, but we think that's what God's doing. Oh, no. God never says, oh, no. So We talked a lot about that. And so God's people ought to get to a place that we're not living, oh, no. We're living like, oh, yeah. God's promises are, oh, no. No, God's promises are yes and amen. So as we understand the word, we start understanding more about God. Today, I want to turn to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. And I want you to know, just before I get there, disobeying God's word limits God. Let me say it again. Disobeying God's word limits God. See, when you disobey what he said you ought to do, you're limiting what... There are blessings that come by doing what he says. And when you don't do what he says, wouldn't that make sense that the blessings aren't coming? Well, that's not my fault. Let's read this. Verse 18, Isaiah chapter 1 says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. If you will only obey me, you'll have plenty to eat. Now, we always can read that and we think of the physical eating. If you just obey me, I'm gonna give you bread on the table. Let, let me just tell you: if you'll just obey God, he'll allow you to go deeper. That's right. That's right. So many people don't understand what's really available in the Word of God yeah. because they're not obeying what he gave you. Yeah. Young people really can't understand how to go to the next level in life till they learn to obey where they're at. That's right. It's the same thing with God's children. If you can't learn to obey what he's given you, why is he going to give you more? So what why is he going to give you more instruction when you're not even doing what he said right here? I mean, we, we're we in church this morning, so we've got the not forsaking the assembling of the believers. That's great. If you just come to church forever and say, I was in church. I was just in church. I went to church, so I'm, I've am i done everything he said. And then next Sunday and the next Wednesday, the next Sunday and the next Wednesday, you're not in church. Until you just get being in church, there's not an equipping that's going to go on at church. You can't get equipped unless you're in a place to get equipped. See, so you, you've got to learn The basics before you can get. Kids don't take off from crawling and then just running. They walk first. See, there's a step that goes in to everything we're doing. In verse 19, if you'll only obey me. Now, it ought to be obvious. You have to be obedient to what God's telling you before you're going to receive what he has for you. There are steps and stages in what God is leading you to do. He won't take you from where you are into perfection or to the top level of glory. No, he takes you from glory to the next glory to the next. That means there's always a next. Are you getting that? See, it's important that we understand that principle. There's a lot of steps to obedience. He gave the children of Israel a little by little by little, more land, more land. He'll let them occupy and and then possess. You occupy something and then you possess it. It has to become yours before you call it yours. I'm going to go somewhere today, and I know right now you're going, okay, where's he headed here? The first step in following God is obedience. Just do what he says. So if we'll do what he says, then what did he say? We've been talking about it the last few weeks. And as we do what he says, we experience a supernatural place that we weren't at before. Last week, we talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God, and as you start understanding, and you're not going to get it all, but I'm talking about the spiritual eyes, you start walking in by faith, just doing what God says. I'm telling you, before long, you start experiencing power in a way that you've never experienced it before. Now, here's what can happen. You can be at church on Sunday, experience the power of God, hear a testimony, you can clap for it, you can sing about it, you can, wow, that was awesome. And then you can walk out of there and be the same exact person you were when you walked in. Why does that happen? I want to talk today about imagination. You can limit God in your imagination. This truth was spoken to my life years ago. And a lot of times I just kind of take it for granted that this is how I think. And I've not done real well about talking about this to the church. I mean, I don't know that I've ever really talked a lot about this. I've talked about it a bunch to uh, our Leaders Academy when we had that. I've talked about it to our young people in school. But I I just felt like it's really important that our church understands that there, there is something really, really important about the way God made you. And he made you outwardly one way, but he made you inwardly one way. And that inward man was built with an imagination. And everybody imagines different things. Now, this this is going to be really good if you follow me. 35 times in the Old Testament, the word translates imagination by the Hebrew word yester. I, I know some of you are like, okay, now we're getting all teacher. Yeah, yeah i am but there's enough students that want to hear this yester means a form or figuratively conception it means conceive it means conceive your imagination is where you conceive things it's 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 kind of like like babies I, I want you to know a stork doesn't bring babies you have to conceive babies, and that's as far as I'll go with that, but you get the, the point. You, you got you to get this. I mean, it's, it's important to understand that inside of each of us, there is an imagination that if you'll use for God-intended purposes, it'll change your life. And by the end of what I'm talking about today, I pray that some lives are changed. You're just, you're going to have to pray And you can't just pray. You're going to have to conceive inside of you what you're praying about. The very word imagination is the place where dreams, it's the place where faith originates. And we've been talking about faith this year. Let's say it like this. Imagination is your spiritual womb. Now, most Christians don't use their imagination in a godly way. We all have one, but we won't use it in a godly way. And so what we do is we get scared. If I start imagining, this could get me in trouble. And you're right. Right? See, most Christians think they shouldn't be imagining and thinking because God should be bringing something into my life, and He he is, and He's bringing it, the start of it, into your imagination. And I want to show you that today because this is all great to talk about, but until you get some scripture to back it up, you'll be going, okay, this was all some of that weird thinking, name it, all these things. It's your ability to see something, your imagination, your ability to see something with your heart. Now, we talked a lot about heart this year. We talked about your soul and spirit are a part of your heart. And there are times that your heart will deceive you. Now, how do you know what, if your heart's deceiving you or not? Based on what comes out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so your heart can, can really get you in trouble If you're not renewing your soul, your mind, will, and emotions every day, and you're defaulting to the spirit, man. I I already taught on all that. I'm not going back into all of that. But you've got to have that truth to get this one. So many things we do with our imagination. You make a grocery list based on your imagination. I'm just telling you. You see it in your mind, and then you go look for it. I just, that, that's what you do. You're given directions based on what you see with your imagination. I, I've had people try to give me directions, and I'm like, okay, turn at the big tree. There's a lot of big trees. You, you try and get people to see what they're going to see through what you communicate to them with your mouth. That comes out of the overflow of the heart. Okay. You've heard this term. Your mind, your mind's eye. I don't know if you ever heard that, and maybe that's a new word for you today. You see based on a picture that's formed in your mind. Now, either through imagination or through experience, but both are forming pictures of what you have placed there. Based on experience or based on imagination? I, I was just telling my mom that my brother and I got a bike years ago. I was, I was probably eight, nine years old, and we both got the same bike. I mean, it was identical. And we decided we were going to go play chicken. I don't know if you know what chicken is. It's not a good sport. Um, you both head straight at each other, and we were. And, and whoever turns first loses. Well, my brother's very stubborn, and, and I happen to have a little bit of that in me too. And so we're headed right at each other, and we both nailed bikes, and my tire popped. Mind you, my mom doesn't remember anything about this. My brother goes in crying, and guess who got the whooping? me. me, And I'm like, he should have turned. <laughs> I mean, nobody, so she tells my brother about this and he don't remember it either. And I'm like, okay, have I just formed something in my imagination? Come on, everybody's been there. They've thought of the story and they're like, well, that's not the way I remember it. That's not the way. Well, in my mind's eye, that's exactly the way it was. And And... I'm just telling you, their mind's eyes messed up. When, when, when I say, imagine an apple, everybody do that. Just do this. So imagine an apple. I want you to know that you have an apple in your mind right now. Now, in that mind, some of you see a red apple, some of you see a yellow apple, some of you may see a green apple, and some of you may see a rotten apple. I don't know what you thought of when I said, Think of an apple or put an apple in your eye. I don't know what you thought of, but if I had said, put a bright, red, juicy, delicious apple in your mind's eye, no one would have put a green apple in there. See, the more specific you get, the more specific you can get it in your mind's eye. Come on, are you hearing me today? So if I say, think of a dog, I know that the banks will think of a dachshund. I know several in here that would think of a Frenchie. I know a few that would think of a Great Dane, probably only one, me. See, there there are different people that would think, but if I give you a specific dog to put in your mind, then you'll get that specific dog in your mind. We think in pictures. That's how we think. We we hear something and we describe it with a word, and as you picture that, you think of something that in your mind's eye describes, are you getting this? It's important that we understand that. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? You've heard this before. Well, the only way you can really describe a picture is with a thousand words. So it's the more you get something in your mind, the more defined that you. All right, we've got to go to scripture so I don't get everybody weirded out on philosophies. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And then it tells how they walk. In the futility of their mind. Verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. This is explaining everything. The understanding darkened. The futility of their mind, or the vanity, if you will, of their mind. Verse 18, the word understanding darkened. Their understanding darkened. The Greek word here, another word study, I love this, is denoia. That's how it's said, denoia. Now, dia, the first part of that, dianoia. I like that. Dia means a channel or through. Noia is talking about your mind. So understanding is a channel through your mind. Well, that's that's all great. That's the word of God right out of Ephesians. And the way you think or a deep thought is saying the Bible is taking a channel through your mind. And if you get that messed up, your understanding gets darkened. That means the channel gets the lights turned off. We don't want the channel going through our mind to get turned off. We need it illuminated. You know, the only way you can illuminate is the Word of God. And a lot of people are thinking that they don't have time to get in the Word. They're thinking that, oh, I'll hear enough on Sunday. And I'm telling you, through the week, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions start getting weak, and you think wrong. Why? Because you're not illuminated. The Word of God's, young, well, I know you harp on reading the Word all the time. If you don't, I'm just telling you, you're darkened. That That path through your mind, you'll start dreaming up things that you think are right, but it's not illuminated. You think that's right, but it's wrong as could be because you're not illuminated. You've got to have, if I stopped right there, that's all many of you probably needed to hear today. You've got to get the word in you. It's important to keep illuminated. You take words and you meditate on them until those words form a picture. Well, that picture gives you sight in your mind's eye. It gives you correct sight, and then you don't say stupid things. So many Christians are missing this. They'll say the right thing because they've heard others say it. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm ahead, not the tail. I, I, thanks be to God because he always causes us to triumph. I mean, this is the word of God. I'm blessed in and I'm blessed out. Many have heard these words and maybe even quoted them. And if I were to ask you today, hey, are you a winner I'm, walking, I'm looking around and I'm seeing some of y'all go, you bet I am. Are you a winner? We're going to ask the, the volleyball team at Christian Ministries Academy this week, are you a winner? And they're going to go, you bet we are. We yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a winner. And we start thinking that we're something, but they haven't thought on those words enough that their imagination formed them a picture of getting the prize. I'm a winner. What defines a winner? It means that I showed up to every practice. It means that I've got the fundamentals down. It means that I'm submitted to my coach. And see, a winner has a lot of things that describe who they are. And if your picture is just, yeah, I'm a winner, that's not what you've got to put in your mind. Everybody can get hyped up, but you've got a picture in your mind winning. Are Are you, are you getting this? We make our kids say thank you. This morning, I was just, I feel so sorry for my grandkids sometimes. We make them say thank you, and we make them say sorry, I'm sorry. Brooklyn this morning had to go over and tell Joan, I'm sorry. And I'm like, serious? She's not sorry. She's all happy about what she did. So we're going to make her go over and do something that's really not in her. We make our kids, I'm, I, I've quit saying you look nice today to any kid. I'll never say, all you kids look nice. I'll just say it full corporate. <laughs> do not make anybody come up here and tell me thank you. See, I, I just, you don't compliment a kid around here because if you do and they don't say thank you, it's the worst day of their life. And then they're marching, McKinley used to do this all the time. And she'd march them right, hold on just a second. She'd take the kid and then they'd come in, thank you. There's no thankfulness in that. That was a flat-out lie. We're teaching our kids to lie. That's what we're doing. No, we're praying that someday thankfulness and gratefulness gets in their heart. And right now, here's what you're going to do until it gets there. But you know, there are some kids that never gets there. in. And before long, gratefulness and a thankful heart is not really a product of who they are, and they'll quit saying it. Parents, kudos to you. Great job for making them do that. However, be really careful that you model and that you put them in position for that to really be in their mind's eye. What puts that in their mind's eye? If they don't see you ever there, You're not forming a picture. Are you hearing me? See, this is a really big truth. We make our kids do something that we're not doing or that they don't see inside of us, and it never gets in their heart. It's just coming out of their mouth, and before long, it's not going to come out of their mouth anymore because it wasn't ever in their heart. What put it in their heart was that whooping. I get that, but that was your, sorry, your Thanksgiving. You've got to, uh, I'm not teaching a class On parenting, if you miss DNs, we'll do another one next year. By his stripes, I am, come on, help me, healed. Okay, when you've never seen yourself healed, it puts you in a position of, you can say that all day long, but in your mind's eye, you don't believe it's ever going to happen for you. So you you've been sick a long time. You see yourself sick. You think sick. You dream sick. You're sick in every part of your sickness. Whatever that area is, that's just who I am. I'm just sick all the time. I just I'm I'm probably not going to be able to go to church next Sunday or the next one because I'm sick on Monday. So we think sick thoughts, and we don't get in our mind's eye. Wait a minute here. This thing's leaving. Oh, I just coughed. Three seconds, I made it three more seconds than I did the last time I called. See, we start thinking different and before long, but if we don't have in our mind's eye that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and we don't see ourselves healed, then we'll stay, are, are, we stay in our sickness. Proverbs 23, verse seven, the first part of that says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, you can memorize the whole Bible, and still not form a picture of his promise being applied to your life. Well, it's all great. It happens for Rod Cowan. Whoa, that's just wonderful. Bless his heart. But it never happens for me, but I'm claiming the same verse he is. Your mind's eyes messed up because that channel is not staying illuminated with the word, and you start seeing what you're believing. This is going to help somebody. Live a life that God's called you to live. You know, they can pray and lay hands on you all day long, and as long as you keep seeing yourself sick, guess what? Wow. You've got to get it in your mind's eye. You've got to take the word and you've got to meditate it. I, I read a story about a lady, I believe Jerry Savelle was telling this, that needed her eyesight restored, and taking her glasses off, and shut her eyes. That's why he Take your glasses off and shut your eyes. Jerry, you, you got to take your glasses off and shut your eyes. And then he prayed over her. And he said, All right, can you see? And so she started opening her eyes. He said, No, 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 no. Don't open your eyes. Can you see? And she just, well, I won't know until my eyes are open. He said, No, no, no you got to know that you can see before you open your eyes. And I thought, what an illustration. And then she opened her eyes and she could see. And I just think about that and I think, okay, could we really get this truth that deep today? It'd change your whole life. If you could understand how God is wanting to do something to conceive to a place that where then faith could be implemented and life would be different you got to see on the inside before you see it on the outside. You just have to. She needed to see herself seeing. She opened her eyes and then she could see. We're we're too quick to ask for something without spending the time to get it in our mind's eye. We really are. In fact, we're just going to go out and get it, whatever it is. And we're not able to see in our mind's eye how getting it could be a destruction for your life. See, we've got to get this principle, but you can't get it separate from the word. And some of you will take this principle and you'll apply it to business, you'll apply it to all these different areas that you are selfishly wanting and you haven't asked God what he wants for you. You've got to get this principle that it works only and only if it's God's will and plan for you. But a lot of people will try to just make this all work all on their own. We're just too quick to ask for something without getting our mind's eye on it. And our mind's eye, when it's full of the word of God, all of a sudden will tell you at times you don't need that. Or that's not something that I really have for you right now. This happens all the time. You know, it also works in the sense of what God has for us next. And right now, this is just where I'm at. So many different areas in life. What's next? I know there's a next. What's next? What's next? now this is me and you have your story. What's next for you? Well, I look back and I always think, when did I think that last? And I've got a story after a story every week where I think, what's next? I mean, I've got a to-do list that's, Come on, anybody, test up their to-do list? Things needing done around the house, things that you don't want to do, but your wife wants you to do. You a list of things that you have that are, here's my to-do, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want, none of that is, is okay, I get that, but what is the last thing you said, last time you said, what's next? I want to ask you, Did, when you asked that question, what's next, did what get formed in your mind's eye happen next? Yep, potato chips and a couch. Because whatever you put in your mind's eye is what you did next. I'm just, and I've been dealing with this all week. And so when my wife said something this week, I did my best to say, yep. And that's what we went and did. Now, I'm hoping I can do that next week too. But here a few years ago, we needed a stage. And I can talk about all stages of the building stuff around here, but we needed a stage. And I want you to know what I did is I came in here before any of this was up here, and I would walk back and forth. And I would, I would walk across, and I would imagine different people up here in the band and I mean, I took a picture of it today, widescreen, I thought, man, it was so balanced. For all you OCD picture people here, wasn't the stage balanced today? As you looked at it, I mean, we just had the same number on both sides, two guitars on. It, I was just like, wow, it's so balanced. If you don't believe me, I got a picture of it. It's cool. Some of you are like, I have no idea. I wouldn't either had I not took a picture. Because I'm not OCD like, but I would walk across this stage and I would go, okay, there'll be a time that I'm going to be preaching the word of God and God, I'm believing you for allowing me to know how far the steps need to be over when I walk down, what needs to be on each side, how much this apron needs to, how far the chairs need to come. I had all of these thoughts and I would spend literally hours in here getting it in my mind's eye before the stage was ever built. Having been in a lot of churches in my past, I would go to different churches in my mind. And I would think, okay, that church was awesome. That stage is exact. And I got all of this stage in my mind's eye before we put the first board in here. Now, I, I don't know about you. You may love these lights back here. I, I saw so many pictures and not one of the pictures I saw looks like what we have. But somebody on our team got together and they got it in their mind's eye. And you're looking at something that somebody got in their mind's eye. And we didn't just guess on this. We've got, we do a lot of work as we're leading this church to get this principle into our heart. So we we started dreaming about fall fest and we started putting all these and then Jill took this thing to a whole other level. Jill, great job this morning communicating what we're doing here. As she as she put these little what do they call them? I call those little things. I mean a a dog and a tree. Come on, that's cool. I, I, I didn't I couldn't think about all of that when Jason was telling me about it, but all of a sudden I got a little picture because she, and now I know where it's at on my route. I, she talked really good, but the picture did way better than she even did. And I I just sit there and I think this is an illustration of exactly what I'm talking about today. Imagination is your spiritual womb. It really is. I, I, I mean, I could say it like this. I had to get pregnant in my thinker. I had to get to a place where my mind's eye was able to see something, and I had to see it based on the plan of God for our life. And so I've got to share this, and I've got to hurry up because I've got so much here, and y'all are so engaged, and I love it. But this one word in, in, in the Bible, imagination, is used 35 times in the Old Testament. 34 times it was used negative and one time it was used positive. Here's why. Your imagination has 35 times more chance, 34 more times chance to get messed up. Don't think it strange when you're thinking wrong. You only got one. It's way easier to stay out of the Word than it is to stay in the Word. In fact, you have a 34-chance possibility that you're going to let the devil, I would never do that. No, 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 the enemy's taking your imagination Mm. to dreaming about things that are not illuminated correctly. You got one chance. Oh, Boy, I love that illustration. You got one chance for your imagination to be right. Let's read where it talks about it. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 18. I didn't want them to put this on the screen. Oh, I guess they will. Nope. Good. 1 Chronicles 29, 18. I just want to read this, and I want you just to listen. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. Let me read that again. The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Israel, our fathers, the fathers of the faith, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts and the heart of your people. Keep what? God's plans and promises. His plans and promises you have to keep and it's an intentional keeping. It's not on accident. You have work to do for you to get your imagination where it needs to be, you've got to keep it in their thought. God, keep keep these in my thoughts that ought to be your prayer today God keep this in my thoughts because my thoughts start getting all jumbled and oh that's a 34 times chance that that is going to be what happens all you got to do is Jesus in the name of Jesus see he made an avenue for you to get your thoughts back where they need to be and you've got to illumin- you need to memorize two or three scriptures get some things to where you illuminate that channel going through your brain so that next thing you know it's illuminating and those stupid things don't come out your mouth. We got to get to a place that God things come out of our mouth. Keep this in my thought. Keep this in my thought. Your imagination of what you're seeing. Are y'all still with me? Can I go a little further? All right. So for those of you that said, yes, I'm going for you. Genesis 11, Genesis 11 verse one. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the, in the land of Babylonia and they settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united. Say united. united. The people are United. Not, the people here, uh, huh, the people are united. That's not a, that's usually a good thing. God said the people are united and they all speak the same language. Another word for united, the people have the same vision and they speak the same language and after this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Anything, that, if your imagination is one of the 34 times it's mentioned wrong, and you get a bunch of people united, nothing that you set out to do will keep you from doing it. You get a bunch of people with a keg of beer, next thing they do, is and they have an intent to get drunk. There's nothing going to keep them from getting. But these were God's people, and they had a good thought. We want to be united, we want to, but they'd left God out of the picture. And God said, here's what we're going to do their language, they're not going to talk the same. You know God's people, when they're doing it God's way, don't talk the same as the other 34 imaginations. They talk different. And so there's nothing that they, there's nothing here. The Lord came down look and he said, hey, the people are united. They all speak the same way. Let's go down and confuse the people with different languages in verse seven. Then they won't be able to understand each other. And in that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. Nothing will be stoppable for a group of people that are united. That is a horrible thing if your imagination is like the 34 times it's used negative. It's a wonderful thing when you get a bunch of people united on 1 Chronicles and what it's talking about, doing it God's way, getting the promises of God in your heart. There's nothing, nothing that can stop that. I've seen it time and time again. God is limited through your imagination, but when it is in tune with him, he's helping it to produce something that would have never been produced. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. We're saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. While we do not look at the things which are seen, well, let me jump on to 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The only way we need to, as God's people, to be seeing things is through the eyes of God. And we're so looking for it in our physical eyes, and we're missing seeing it in our heart. We're missing seeing it in our mind's eye. Hope is a positive imagination. That's what it is. Hope is a positive imagination. That's all it is. Hope is not present tense. It's future tense. See, it's believing with your mind's eye. I can tell you that, that our fall fest, in my mind's eye, is going to be the best thing it's ever been done here. But do you know we'll have some people that complain about it not being the way it's always been? <laughs> if that's you, wah, wah. You have an option to do whatever you want to do. But here's what I'm telling you. If we get a bunch of people united with the one out of 35 uses that we're going to believe God for our young people to have the time of their life not having to act like they're a demon and not tricking anybody. I'm just telling you, it'll be a treat for them. See, we got to get to a place where we understand that we are doing this together because not because one pastor got up and said it, God said it. And I want to say and do what God says to say and do. Faith, Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance and things, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So if faith gives substance to things you have hoped for, and you're not letting your imagination work, then you're missing hope and there's nothing for faith to do. The only way faith works is for your hope to work. You got to get your hope in something and hopefully it's something that's a promise of God and then you can watch faith come. Did you get that today? See, denoia, it's never, never been a deep thought of mine. Well, you need to get it into your deep thinking. You've never conceived it, so therefore, you're not receiving it. I I hope you're getting this whole message today. You start seeing yourself as a winner or loser based on the kingdom of God. Take the limits off God. Church, we just got to get a point where we can see it, where we can see it. We can see it. Come on, Ashley, the power of positive thinking really that doesn't really work. I agree with you. The power of positive thinking doesn't really work because it's more than a thought I'm talking about today. It's getting it in your mind's eye and seeing it without your eyes open, without your five physical senses. And people say, I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. Well, I know you don't because it's not working for you. At what point are you going to start believing something that the word of God says can manifest itself in your life? That's not a whooping to anybody. I'm telling you, it's awesome. The life that God has for you is awesome. It's a great life. Young people, don't ever be deceived that the world is putting down the church and making you think that church isn't that big a deal. It's everything. It's the greatest life you'll ever have in the kingdom of God. Well, because God's, I'm not saying there won't be times that there's frustrations, but stick it out. The other way has no option of winning. Right. I'd rather mess up on a perfect plan than have one that is doomed for yeah. failure. I'm going to sign up for this plan? No, I'm going to sign up for the plan that I know. has perfect. It was written by perfection. So I'm going to follow the perfect plan even though occasionally I have to say, oh, I messed that up. I'm sorry. I want to end with this. People... Get into this thought process that you're not being treated right, and they start blaming all of life's failures on someone else. And it's because your imagination has led you to think it's someone else's fault and that you have no hope in and of your own. I want to tell you that no one can condemn you without your consent and cooperation. I'm going to say that one more time in case you were asleep for just a second. No one can condemn you without your consent and your cooperation. No one can belittle you without you cooperating with that. No one can stop you from doing what God has called you to do without your consent and your cooperation. I, I just want you to know that's the way it is. And so with that thought, Charles Caps, one of the greatest teachers that I have ever been taught from, gave an illustration of this old hick from the woods. And if you, you, you'll hear this story and you'll go, well, duh, well, I'm wanting you to understand you're not a hick from the woods. But this guy was, and he was in a service, this hick was in the big city, and it was starting to get hot. And Usher came and turned something on the wall, and all of a sudden he started feeling cool air. And he asked the guy, hey, what did you just do? You turned that thing on the wall and cold air just started blowing. And he goes, yeah, I just adjusted this. And he he said, where can I get one? And the usher said, well, down at the hardware store, they have them. So this old hick, he went down to the hardware store and and, and he got one. You know what he got, he got a thermostat. And he goes back in his little shack in the woods, he puts it up and starts getting hot in there and he just goes and turns it. No cold air came from anywhere. And everybody can laugh at that and go, yeah, it didn't. Because you know that a thermostat doesn't cool the room. The thermostat only controls the unit that controls the room. That's what hope is. If you can't get hope, if you can't get that positive imagination, if you don't live knowing that that's available for you, then you're not ever going to have the faith to get into what God has promised for you. That's just the simplest way of saying what God laid on my heart to communicate to you today. Don't limit God. we we got we to gotta get a hold of these vain imaginations and these things that's messing us up. There's a 34-time chance that you're going to be headed there, but there's only one chance over here. And I want you to know that one chance you have a responsibility for And if you won't limit God by heading over here and start getting your mind imagining things, let's get over here and let God's imagination start feeling this. That's what hope is. And I want you to know, wherever we pray for people and whatever we're doing, we're, we're having hope for you. But it won't overpower the hope you need for yourself. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church where it's more than a church, it's family.